How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. If you're following along with us on Podbean, iTunes, however you get your podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, put a comment on there, give us some more five stars. Had a, a one star and a two star pop up, but nobody left their name on there. So, uh, yeah, give us some reviews. Give me what you think it's worth. Um, I really appreciate it. The shares, the likes, all that good stuff. I say it all the time. It means so much. It has been another record week of downloads. I'm on pace to pass um, last month's total downloads here this week. So uh, we'll probably have a week and a half left to keep adding to another record month. It's just grown, man. I'm uh, super excited. We've had some really good ones on lately. So uh, it's been fun to watch. The uh, the call maker head-to-head build-off. I just announced the uh, next set of eight callers a few hours ago. So for you who are listening on Tuesday morning last night, jump on BTBN's Facebook page. You can check out the next eight head-to-head matchups. There's some really interesting ones in there as well. And then I'm going to get Corey Neekum on here here in a few days, and he's going to break down what it takes to make a good meat routine and give some guys uh, some feedback. So if you're a call maker who wants to get into uh, meat calling or if you're just another caller that wants to uh, be a better meat caller, you can watch that video, and he's going to give some feedback. If you're not following along with us on social media, make sure you type in BTBN, Facebook, Instagram, and that's where we're doing all those little lives and stuff like that at. Um, join the closed podcast group. It's just BTB and podcast. Um, you can join that and comment and keep up with everything new that's going on. I, t- I tend to post there first and I ask questions in there a lot more so you can find out what's going on there. Today I have another call maker on. He is another competitor. He is the brother of another competitor. It is our brother head to head matchup. And uh, we had his brother Josh on about two months ago. So, uh, yeah, we had to add him on here as well. So I'm excited excited to bring this one to you. Um, Without further ado, Mr. Sean Lynn. Sean, how's it going, brother? Hey, man, what's up? (laughs) How you doing today, man? I am getting close to retiring for the day. Uh, Just got done finishing up a call. I'm going to try to get it posted up here after a while. Um, and that's about it. Uh, work night shift, so I didn't sleep much today. So it's getting about my crash out time. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say, man. Your uh, today was your Friday, wasn't it? Uh, if you want to uh, call it that, I don't even know what day it is. I'm on night shift, two on, two off. I don't know what my days are. Ew, dude. I had a buddy that um, he was trying to get me a job where he worked at. He works at an anhydrous ammonia plant. And he lives in uh, Claremore, Oklahoma, which is like two hours south of me. And we both, we were roommates in the Navy. And uh, he was like, well, dude, you should come down there. You know, it's like a really, really good job. It pays really good money. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll think about it. And, uh, you know, I can always go down there whenever I want because it's so close. And he ended up getting on there. And he was doing four on, 12-hour shifts, four off, then going back and flip-flopping four on four off but like being on days four days and then being on nights four days and i was like dude that is freaking a nightmare oh yeah man i've been on night shift day shift rotation for probably the better part of almost two years maybe year and a half 
Um, I just I go where needed and ask and volunteer my services and man, it is I, I'm a professional um, asswipe maker. So <laughs> you, you name it, man. Bro, I I did that night shift for about two years and uh, that was enough for me. And at my job I'm at now. Um, to keep moving up in the company, they wanted me to switch from my 10 to 7 p.m. shift to midnight to noon shift. And I was like, eh, no, I'm good with that. And they were like, really? You don't want to keep moving up? And I was like, man, I was making more money at a different company. <laughs> you know, it, there's no way I'd go back to that night shift again unless it just was a killer uh, killer offer. Yeah, that was me this time. Um I've been on days for a while, but again, I would transition back to nights to help out just wherever needed. And traditionally speaking, to move up where I work, you go back to the night shift, do your time, and then you bid for your day shift spot. So now I'm in my six months to two year to three year. But when I end when I end up back on days, I'll be where I want to be without going back to school. Yeah, that's that's freaking the good thing, man. Like. Uh... You know, people are so focused on going and getting degrees and stuff like that, you know, like 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, and nobody uh, realizes there's plenty of jobs out there as long as you're willing to learn a trade, you know? Man, I went. To, I did I did three years in college, um, studied human anatomy, physiology, thought I was going to go into nursing, medical field, um, got a job right out of college working um, for the farm store. And I stayed there 10 years, and then I moved over to where I'm at now, and I've been making ass wipes for 10 years. So, so I've basically had two jobs my whole life. You literally studied human anatomy. That's like a joke I used to tell when I was in college. Like, what are you studying? And I was always like, the female anatomy. And it was just a joke, but you literally studied human anatomy. Yeah, I was wanting to go, I was wanting to specialize and go into the STDs and microbiology um, virology stuff like that and when um, the job offer was handed to me I was like man this, this is a lot of money I, I think I'm just going to stick with this because I like working outdoors and the relationships I had with farmers being able to duck hunt wherever I wanted to when I wanted to how I wanted to without having leases was like it's priceless yeah yeah you can't beat that man that's freaking crazy I'm going to say I hunted 40 different places in one season and never visited the same place twice Dude. So, I mean, wherever the ducks were, I was like, hey, I know some birds sitting over there. I said, man, you care if I hunt that in the morning? No, oh, man, go right ahead. And I was like, okay, thank you. Dude, I'll tell you what was my favorite was, before I had kids, was second shift. Where I would go in at 3 in the afternoon and work till like 11 or midnight. Yeah. So, I was going hunting literally every day. And during duck season, I was sleeping like 3 hours a night. But I was going hunting every single day, getting home at like 9 and then sleeping for like another t- or nine, ten o'clock, sleeping for another two hours, and getting up and going to work, and that was the life, man. Well, that's that's kind of why I wasn't uh, I wasn't too messed up about going back to nights because I have so much vacation that it's crazy, and I'm thinking, all right, so we're on twelves, seven to seven. I take off at midnight. I can twice as many hunting days with the same amount of vacation. That works for me, so I'm like, gee, I'll go back tonight, so I'm good with that. Yeah. It was always weird. So you're two on, two off. I was always working when I was on nights. It was, uh, you know, the Monday through Friday, and then the occasional Manda, Manda voluntary weekends. <laughs> and, uh, 
Dude, whenever you got off at Friday at 8 o'clock in the morning, like, that was sweet. Because you didn't have to be back in until Sunday night. So it was kind of like a three-day weekend. Yeah. Um, I did that for uh, the eight, six days a week for uh, seven years. Whew. And then they put us on the 2 two, three, where you're off every other weekend. But it's basically like a two-on, two-off. Um so it took a little bit of getting adjusted to, but I think now that I wouldn't trade it because I had I worked seven out of fourteen days and I make the same amount of money that the other guy does working eight hours a day, five days a week. Yeah, dude, totally. It makes sense. I work uh now I work four tens usually. This week it's five tens, but usually it's four tens, so I get pretty lucky, man. Oh yeah. Like last year going to night shift, I told myself like back in the day when I started call making. Um, I, I could, I had all the time in the world to make calls and I was like, I wonder how many I could hand make in a year, push myself to the limits for one year and just see how many I could get done. And the only reason I was able to hit 287 last year was because I was on night shift over half of it. So I'd get off at one or two o'clock in the morning. Everybody else didn't get out of bed till seven. So I was getting almost five hours a day just to build calls and hold a job and still do family time and go do all the other fun stuff. Yeah, see, that was another huge thing when I started call making. I was on that weird second shift. So during non-hunting season, it was, uh, you know, I'd get up at 8 o'clock and I wouldn't have to be at work till 3. Everybody else was either at work, you know, or gone at school, whatever the heck is going on. So it was like I had six hours a day to do whatever I wanted, go to the gym, build calls. Like, it really was super nice, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... This year's I've already slowed way back because so I went back to day shift, so it was a couple hours here, a couple hours there. Um, did a lot of playing, especially with that old stupid virus crap. Uh, man, just a lot of trial and error, tweaking what I got, seeing if it's the best I can possibly offer to somebody, working on some new stuff that I really hadn't even got to push yet. Say, hey, what do you think about this? And then the cut down. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know, man. I worked on that cut down for so damn long and ended up at dead ends. Um, and then when it came together, I was just like, my hands were shaking. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it sounds really good. Holy crap. And now it's like, I can't make enough of them. <laughs> well, and that cut so. downs, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing, man. It's kind of a, a hot button issue for people about, you know what the hell makes it a cut down and what's not a cut down all that kind of craziness what's your take on the cut down man so i didn't want and this is not knocking on anybody <laughs> well right, um, right you're a nice guy dude everybody uh, knows you to me the cut down i guess is still it's it's a it's a form of a pso you know the heavy heavy upslope where the cork notch is sitting way down deep in the tone channel um I tried that, and I, I could get it to run, but I never could get the top. I couldn't get it to bark. I couldn't get the loud pop on it, but it would run the way I wanted to on the bottom. So I'd put it down. I'd come back, put it down, and then I start, well, here, let me get some, let me pick up some random cut down. So I told Meredith, I said, hey, I said, put one of my customs as a cut down and acquired a few, and then I started going, all right, so this is, this sounds really good, but this is this is not that heavy upslope. Am I doing it right? So I tried going the what I call the hybrid route, I guess. I don't know if that's right or wrong. <laughs> but I kept driving back to like I wanted it to be a heavy, heavy upslope, but still be able to run. Um, and 
then man when it when it came to i was in talks with wade and i was like wade i was like man i don't the tenon's not the right size for this but it sounds really good what can we do and we talked back and forth before i ever even sent him an insert to make me a jig he's like well i ain't never made one like you know heavy upslope like that and i was like hey let's give it a try and it come out and it was like perfect i was like whoa kidoki so I don't know, man. I, a cut down's a cut down. I don't care how you cut it. If it's got a pop to it and it sounds like a cut down, I guess. I'm, I'm not an expert. <laughs> man, I can tell you that, uh, you know, I've had a few different ones. They're just not for me. I am, like, it's probably me just being a big old puss, but it is just not for me, man. It's, uh, I get too set in my ways, I guess. And it's like, when it comes to call making or doing anything like that, I'm willing to learn new stuff, but. Man, I picked up that cut down, and it was just not a fan of uh, yeah. the way it ran. Well, it, it took me out of my comfort zone of everything that I've ever done. Um, and I wanted it to run like a J-frame still on the bottom, but still it command a lot of air so that you could run it however you wanted to. And that was that was tricky at first. And then when I kind of got where I wanted, I was like, no, but I want it to be heavy upslope. I want more ramp up on the board. I want it to be just deep, gnarly sound and call and then i'm still playing and tweaking with it right now just experimenting with just how loud can i make this damn thing and i think it's already loud enough um it's not an open water call by any means don't think it'll ever be as loud as a like a keyhole old i can't cut a keyhole in a insert or anything but i'm pretty happy with where it's at so did you start like based off of an old and were you like cutting olds or no, was you just like freestyling like uh just like a three five or a three three five? No, three five zero. Yeah, well, that's what I use for my uh, just regular calls, man. No, so I was using the three five zero to get as tall a deck as I could, mm-hmm. so that I could. Uh, I don't want to say hacksaw. I used a hacksaw on a couple of them. <laughs> my coping saw, and I would start. I'd basically just use it as a baseline, but I would I would leave more meat on the board than what the jig was. But it still gave me an idea of where I wanted to be. And I still got the bucket sitting on the floor. I think there's like 72 inserts in here that didn't make the cut because I wasn't angled the right way or my coping saw took off in a different direction or or whatever. But like I said, man, the end result was I've, I've never had anybody ask or push me hard enough to say, hey, I want this, I want this. And I'm like, man, I'm not doing custom orders this year. New baby. Um job promotion all that stuff like i'm just gonna make what i want this year and then we'll, we'll see about it next year now i'm even thinking like i don't even think i want to do custom orders again period is that so, because of just the amount of everything else going on in life yeah man because i, I it, it allows me to do what i love to do this is my passion duck hunting and frog gigging i'm not a big fisher guy i'm not a big deer hunter turkey hunter don't give two craps about any of that stuff but i can do it on my own terms or I can not come out here for a whole damn week and it doesn't even matter. You know? Dude, yeah, I get it. I, uh, I've always, like, I keep open books, but I tell people when they want to order calls that I am, like, one of the worst. At, it's like you, I care about the customers and I want people to get stuff when they want it and I try to do them, but it's like I totally do whatever I want to do. <laughs> oh yeah i've had plenty like, of times I'm the, I'm the worst at shipping shipping calls on time is my is my worst being on this two two three 
I've got about two days a week I can usually get calls out. But then between me and the woman's work schedule, getting off night shift, trying to find some time to nap in there, like that is my la creme de la crew. Like it kills me because I may be like six days out on when I can ship it when I thought, I, well, I can ship it tomorrow. And then the cars don't line up, and I'm like, son of a gun. Do you, uh, do you have a printer at home? No, I <laughs> – funny you say that. If you ask Mingo, Persinger, Hinton, Moss, um, I was told I'm prehistoric um, in call making. <laughs> um, my methods, I'm, I'm not a technical guy. I actually bought a set of calipers because they showed up at my house and hunted with me, and they gave me so much crap over it. I went and bought a pair of calipers. You didn't um, use calipers. But, like, no, I never used them until they showed up. What? Ever. I used my fingers um, and my eyes. Holy. I just go for general feel. Dude, that's that's insanity. But I think if you look at – I think if you were to look at the majority, and I don't want to say – so I stepped away from call making for a while. So my first probably six months back into it was kind of – it was all right, but it got better. got more in the flow and things. But, man, I, I've just always done things by eyes and sight and using fingers, and I live by the ruler, not a set of calipers. Yeah. So, I don't know. They told me I was prehistoric as crap. So, I was like, all right, I guess I'll grab a pair of calipers. <laughs> now, my, now my table's all drawn up with, like, numbers and parts, and this is how big this needs to be. And yeah. They should, they should be excited when they come back in January. <laughs> Dude, it makes it tough to uh, to not have that. It It's hard to stay. I don't know. Cons- I didn't think it was that tough. Well, you're prehistoric, like you said, man. You're... <laughs> But I've done it for so long. I've never used a set of calipers ever. Um, but that's just how that's just how I've always done it. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I guess to me, that always gave the true essence of like, it looks really close to that one, but it'll always let you know it's hand-turned. There's no precision, CNC, nothing. Um, I do everything like by part. How does it feel? Pushing it in tight, piece by piece, making sure everything fits the way it should. So, I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's the way I see a handmade call. And there's nothing wrong with calipers and people that have more precise ways of doing it. I'm just, trust me, if you worked with me for one day, you'd say, okay, you're prehistoric as shit, dude. How the hell did you do that? <laughs> well, it's, so. to me, it's like, it just gets you in the ballpark. Like, you know, because sure. hand turn calls are never going to be identical. That's for damn no. sure. But uh, it gets me in the ballpark. But yeah, man, it's um I have like a few measurements that I stop in the middle of a uh, building and I'm like, "All right, I'll take this and I want to know the outer diameter or something, you know, um my band, yeah. like where my bands are at, I try to stay pretty consistent on." But yeah, there's always a little variance for sure. Like even on bands, I would always just stop and if if it starts on there, then I'm good enough and then I will arbor press it on. And I always leave a little bit hanging off the end anyway so I can reflush it back up. And, I mean, everything's just, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm prehistoric, literally. Still am today. Well, that's me, man. I had uh, no kind of, like, training on any of that stuff, you know. <laughs> I, uh, you know, you ha- most people take shop in high school and stuff. And, like, I had shop, I think, my freshman year. But um, by the time I was a junior, senior, I was uh, taking college classes and then it was like, by then, I didn't need any other electives. So it was like, hey, you can go do, 
gym three times a day or and or in weightlifting so you don't have to lift weights you know before football practice i was like well hell sign me up you know so i never did shop so i uh i do things pretty different too man i i, I get it oh yeah somebody uh they come by the other day to pick up their call and uh they looked at my table and they were like man did you build this and i'm like uh yeah and they're like what did you use to build it and i'm like well I used a ruler, but I don't think it came out very good because I got some big <laughs> gaps in my table. But then they're looking at this coal, and they're like, how did you get it to how, – how is this so precise and this is so crazy? I said, dude, I'm, I'm not a carpenter. I mean, don't call me to come fix your house. I'll just be the, the grunt and help you, but I'm not going to fix it. So uh, it is what it is. A lot of trial and error along the way. There wasn't nobody back in 2006 to teach anybody anything on my neck of the woods down there in Wiener. So it was a lot of trial and error. Yeah, that's really funny, dude. I was on the phone with uh, Phil Green, actually, earlier today, and he was like, I didn't know he was from Wiener, you know, because that's where Phil's from. Or not from, but that's where he lives now. He's like, I had no idea they were even down here because I told him we had a podcast coming up tonight. Yeah, I talked to him a couple of days ago and was like, hey, I was like, man, what house do you live in? What's your address? And I pointed, like, as soon as you showed that, I was like, well, that's the old Jeremy Glass house. And, uh... I said, dude, I said, I promise you, I said, I'll take you places around there. You never even thought you'd kill a duck. <laughs> and uh, I said, it'll be places that are they're not even on the map. Uh, I took uh, Mingo and some of them. I said, hey, this is not even on the map. It's not even a WMA registered, but it is a WMA. And I said, but I promise you we're going to kill some birds. We drive out there, and it's like, well, what is it? And I said, man, it's, it's, they call it the fish ponds. I said, uh but just 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 trust me with it, okay? <laughs> so I'm sure there might have been a little skepticism at first when I said, hey, man, we're going to go out some fish ponds. And then it's like when you get out there, you're like, damn, this looks good. So so I told him, I was like, dude, I can take you all around there, man. That's my, that's my stomping grounds. It's a little hidden secret. Shoot, yeah. Well, now I can't give up all my secrets. You know, I'll give up some of them, but I can't give them all up. Well, yeah, that'd be foolish. I'll be like, man, you should never go down here. There's nothing down here to see. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But so, yeah, I, don't, I don't know how long he's lived in Wiener. I was like, dude, I said, I got born and raised. I didn't leave Wiener till 2010. So, man, I spent a better part of, a better part of my life there. I think he, uh, he said in his podcast um, late, mid-2000s maybe? I can't remember, man. Really? Yeah. No, Phil Green was living in Wiener in the 2000s? Well, I mean, we're in the 2000s now, but... uh, (laughs) Oh. Man, honestly, I cannot remember. I've talked to too many people since then. I don't either. I don't either, because I left there in 2010. uh, Refuge wasn't even in Waldenburg at that time. Hmm. So, I I don't know. Beats crap out of me. There was still a liquor store there when I left. Is it Dry County? No, points that man, that's wet as it all gets. <laughs> Normally I would say that's corner. what <laughs> never mind, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> right, man, it is. I mean, if you look it up on the map, there is a wiener cut off road. Yeah. Look it up. It's right there beside the John Deere dealership. Yeah. It's the most stolen street sign that I would bet in all of Arkansas because it says wiener cut off road. People would drive to Wiener just to steal that damn sign. That's freaking hilarious, dude. So, is that yeah. where you, you've you lived your whole life, aside from when you moved out in 2010? Yep. Whole life. Lived in Wiener. It's, what, there's only like two or 3,000 people, aren't there? Nah, I try like less than 600. Less than 600. I've only passed through a few times. It's been a, been a minute. 
Do what? Hello? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm still here, buddy. I thought you were talking oh, okay. to somebody else real quick. I said I've only been no. through there a few times. No, nah, man, it's a hole in the wall, man. Oh. Like you couldn't. I, I I would argue with anybody that said Stuttgart was better. That I still think that Northeast Arkansas is the is as prime as it gets. It may not be the hottest every year, but there's so many WMAs that are within say two hours of each other. It's crazy. Well, and see, that's the thing that always baffles me about out there and, uh, you know, that part of Missouri, that part of Arkansas, you know, because I live over here on the other side of Missouri and it's kind of the same way up around Kansas City and St. Louis. You cannot find a place to hunt unless you want to go stand in poor man's line, you know, and and hope to get drawn like over where I'm at. There are insane amount of places to hunt. It's just not nearly as good. It's not as consistent, but I can I can get up and go hunting every single day and not have to worry about getting turned away somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, that's what it is here. And I, I hunt all public land these days, um, and I don't fight a crowd. Um, I put my time in to go see where I can go, where I can't go. Many mornings, I ain't killed jack crap. But I've got pegs, and I've got markers knowing where I need to be to kill birds and where I've done good, where I've done bad. But, like, I've... I've got an open door policy. Anybody wants to come hunt, they just show up. I bring them in, bed them down, take them hunting, have a good time. It's all good. Do you guys have like a, a lot of? I know Arkansas was having a lot of water issues a couple of years ago. Is that something that even affects that area? Uh, man, some would argue yes, some would argue no. I, I'm not an expert. I can tell you, I'll find the ducks and we'll kill them. Maybe not today, but I guarantee you we'll find them tomorrow. There's just too many places to go. Um, so too many people like get they go to that one spot because they did good there one time and they're just or, waiting for it to come back yeah again. i don't like hunting the same place two days in a row i don't care if we went in and smacked 75 greenheads i'm not going back there tomorrow well yeah you're just burning up a hole at that point man yeah i don't i have no i have no desire to do that it's fun don't get me wrong but like no desire to do it uh i know when mingo and all them come in uh, this past January, we didn't hunt the same place twice, but we hunted the same place back to back to back. And we were just steadily killing ducks. Yeah, but we put one day in between each one of them. See, that's the right way of doing it, man. You got to manage the freaking birds, and that's something like we hunt a lot of uh, a lot of geese, and we're hunting a lot of locals, and they get real smart real quick. So we really have to manage how we uh, manage our pressure, you know, and uh, make sure we don't burn them all up because we could have you know three or four bangers of a hunt in a row but then we're going to be done for the season no i don't think that was our issue i think our issue was like running out of places to take a crap i ain't never seen a group of guys in my life and i used to guide years and years ago done all that stuff but i've never seen a group of guys take that many craps in one morning i'm like what is what is going on here like oh my god and then you know here we are sitting on the levee uh you know, we're just sitting here, we're calling, and Mingo just disappears, and me and Hinton are sitting beside each other, uh, Persinger's a little ways down from us, Moss is a little ways down from us, and all of our phones go off at the same time, and I'm like, well, what the hell, and I pull it out, and like, there's a picture of Mingo's, I'm like, holy shit, oh my god, what the hell, man, <laughs> and it's like, I just, I don't know, man, it beats anything I've ever seen, and I even made the comment, I was like, I was like, right, who's first today? 
<laughs> you know, I was like, I work at a wet wipe facility, and I didn't even give them flushable wipes to use. I felt bad afterwards. <laughs> or I think we had one roll of toilet paper in the boat, and it got wet. And I was like, just use leaves, man. I don't know. Yeah, there's a a strict rule, man. When I was doing the the TV show nonsense, it was back when I told you, man. I was sleeping three to four hours a night, and uh, just months on in, so I was drinking just an insane amount of coffee. And there's a strict rule that I have now. I do not drink coffee if I'm going duck hunting. <laughs> I will go- stop and get an energy drink, but I do not yeah. drink coffee because I know nature is going to be calling about an hour later. Oh, man, I'm the same way. Like, if I'm home, I'll drink uh, coffee all day. But, like, man, if we're going hunting, no, it's an energy drink because I don't care to go if I need to. But I'm like, I really don't want to peel out of everything I'm in to do this. And, I, no, I think I'll pass. <laughs> so... You know, that's just, and like, I remember one random, random day, I think it was a couple of years ago, man, my brother, we're just by ourselves. We're cruising across and we knew where we were going to go. And I was like, Hey man, let's look, let's look back here real quick. And, uh, so let's see what this looks like. And I hear him go, man, this just, man, I got a crap. And I'm just sitting here <laughs> like I'm just idle. All right. I'm just idling and I've got the spotlight and I'm just kind of looking around and he just does this like George Washington go <laughs> and I threw the hammer down and flew up on the bank didn't even slow down and he just takes off in a dead sprint and I didn't see him for like 10 minutes I was like damn okay man yeah. I'm sitting here trying to find a place to kill ducks and you're over here about to crap your waiters like man that'd be a bad morning <laughs> dude we've all been there oh shoot yeah that's the worst feeling in the world when you feel it coming on you're like damn this is gonna suck you start getting that hot gut <laughs> oh yeah that's why like even I'll, I'll eat snack cakes that morning as unhealthy as it is just to make sure i'm not eating anything greasy that might say sean you're probably gonna need to find somewhere oh yeah dude i'm a i'm a beef jerky guy in the morning or uh, like a granola bar i don't really mess with too much um yeah i had a friend of mine uh, casey uh he comes down one morning and he's going to hunt. He drove all the way from Cersei. So I met him. And I told him, I said, hey, man, bring some of those firecrackers. It wasn't even clicking in my head. I was like, man, bring them firecrackers. And I'm just sitting here standing behind a tree working a call. But I'm sitting here just set, just steadily eating these firecrackers. About an hour later, whoo, almost didn't even make it up the levee. It just hit like a ton of bricks. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you can't ever prepare for that stuff. We were uh, we were out one year and it was real cold out and you know it was back in the coffee drinking days, so I went to go you know and found the only tree that was in the area <laughs> and went to sit down on that thing and everybody who's duck hunting knows how it is you got the waders around the ankles you're oh, not yeah. running anywhere if anything is back there so I go to sit against this freaking branch mistake it was frozen it breaks off <laughs> and luckily before anything started i land flat on my ass and it is four degrees outside and i'm butt yeah. as naked laying on the ground i get up you know do my business get back we hunt we had a good hunt and uh i go to take my waders off later on and my shirt and pants are stuck to me frozen solid and I was like, what in the hell? And my buddy's like, dude, what happened to you? I was like, oh, I fell earlier, and I'm pretty sure I scraped myself. I still have a big, giant, like, six-inch scar 
running down the backside of my freaking butt cheek Dang. from that thing <laughs> breaking off and cutting the crap out of me. <laughs> and so now, I mean, that, that would make for a good story to the right woman, I guess. If uh, you know, like, hey, what happened here? Uh, well, let me tell you about it. And then I, they're like, yeah, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I got in a knife fight. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that would sound way better. You got in a knife fight at a boat ramp? Yeah, dude was pissed off. I was gonna take his spot, so he pulled out a knife and we started fighting. Yeah, so you might know. as well just put it out on the podcast for everybody to know now, why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just whatever works. <laughs> so, but no, man, that's, it's, it's open-door policy here. Anybody wants to come hunt, I mean, I, I'm, I don't meet strangers. Um, that's something that my mom really like hit me with kind of growing up from time to time. was like, you never meet a stranger. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, I've, I talked to Daniel uh, Hamra. Uh, I don't know, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about wanting to come in and stay at uh, like an outfitter. And I was like, man, won't you just stay here? Won't you just stay here at my house? I got, I've got an extra bed. And let me take you hunting for a couple of days. Save your money. Just stay here. I said, I'll take you down to Rich and Tone and Stuttgart. I said, I'll take you over to the Bass Pro. I said, hell, we can drive down to Echo or Brad Allen's or just just come here and stay and just chill. We'll go out here and we'll make some calls or we'll go fire up the grill or just whatever. So I think, baby, he's going to come in around December, hopefully, possibly. Nice, dude. That'll be freaking fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there ain't no, there's there's no, like, what, me casa, your casa when you're here. I ain't getting you a drink of water, and I don't care what you get out of the cabinet. You better help yourself, or you're going to starve. <laughs> and there's, I mean, I, I've got a big family. I have six kiddos of my own, and my fiance, which I'm getting married to on September 3rd, she had one when we met. So there's tons of snacks in the house. Holy right? good lord! At any given time, there's tons of snacks in the house. So I'm like, hey, just just get whatever you want. Like we don't have to stop at the gas station on the way to the blind. We'll just just grab whatever you want out of the cabinet. <laughs> well, number so, one, man, uh, congratulations on the getting married. Number two, yeah. you are freaking insane. What do you mean I'm insane? You got seven kids. Holy. So God. I have I have six biological, but I claim. Um, hers is mine anyway. Right, exactly. And I think that's the way life should be. Yeah. And yeah. I enjoy it. It's, it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge. Um, and I enjoy every bit of it. Um, I'm a very relaxed, laid-back, stress-free guy, so it works out really, really good. That's awesome, man. I'm glad because uh, I have three, and I can be pushed to the brink of sanity sometimes. No, no, man. I, I guess it's just because I'm, I'm just a big goose. I'm a big kid. I think everybody on Call Nuts sees that. Um, I, I'm passionate about what I do, but like, man, I'm on earth to have fun. And I don't care what it is we do. I just, I'm, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm the guy that you want at the party, but I'm also that guy that you call at 2 a.m. and like, let's go beat some ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, that's uh, the favorite, my favorite line from the movie The Town, that uh, Ben Affleck movie where he's like a, a bank robber. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay, you need to watch it or you need to look at this YouTube clip after this. Type in the town, we're going to hurt some people. He walks into his buddy's house, opens up the door, and his buddy's just hanging out on the couch. He's like, I need uh, I need a favor. I, we're going to go hurt some people. Um, you can't ever ask me about it. We'll never mention it again. Um, are you going to help me? And the dude's like, whose car are we taking? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, but I'm just I'm just a big joker. I'm a big kid at heart. Um and I and and I guess that's what fuels me to to be better. And, and I, I live by the phrase, "It's better to be better." When you quit getting better, you quit getting good. I one hundred percent agree with that. So, man. 
you know, like when I stumbled on a coal nuts, I'd been making calls for quite some time, but I was like, well, what is this? Like, wow. So I kind of stayed kind of low key for a little bit, kind of like, wow, man, this is, this is way different than the calls I've ever made. What the hell's going on here? And then just kind of slowly kind of creeping myself into like, Hey, how do you do that? I've never done that before. And then next thing you know, it's like, boom, chada ching. I know more people now than what I ever knew back in call making in the early, late 2000s and wouldn't trade it for a thing in the world. Man, it's really so. a special time. Like you said, the, the creation of the freaking internet and being brought over to, you know, from the forum days, because the forums are awesome, dude. Like, I was all about the forums back in the day, not even just call making, but just every little interest you might have ever had. And, oh, uh, sure. Man, it is just, it's so much different nowadays. Oh, yeah, man. I i remember uh, blowing competition for Echo, going down to Echo calls every Tuesday night, um, learning how to call with Rick Dunn. Uh, in my mind, hands down, best caller in the world. I'd, I'd argue with anybody on any given day of the week. And it's not even about titles. Um, mucho respect to all the other grand people, but to me, that was my, like, Damn, that's still my favorite call in the world is an Echo Timber call. I don't think it's, I don't think it can be beat, right? That's just my, <laughs> damn. But it pushed me to go back and be like, I want my call to run like this. How do I do this? So one random day, I was like, Rick, if, if I was making a call, could I hand it to you? You just tell me what you think about it. Don't tell me how to fix it or what to do. Just, just, just point me in the right direction. And, and I got a couple of pointers from him that really got me to where I was like, I think I, I, I would sell this one. I would let somebody have this because I'm very proud of it, and I would hang it on my lanyard and run the shit out of it. But was still blowing competition. And I didn't. I only got on stage once or twice, but I went down there because, uh, like, David St. John was one that uh, I worked with, Tyler Merritt, um, Rick Dunn himself, and man, I'm trying to think there was, like, one more person. Like, they kept rotating it out. I, it was always fun stuff to do. Yeah, dude, so. that's that's such a special way to be brought into it, you know? Just the history of those guys is just insane. Oh, yeah, and it was, you know, I I don't know. I remember blowing a Shannon Hall Quackham back um, from Farmer Supply, which was four miles down the road from Wiener and Waldenburg, and it was a poly call, and I, I liked the sound of it, but, like, I just – I couldn't run it, and I didn't have anybody to teach me, like, well, how do you make this sound with it? I could do your quacks and your – or you don't call it the basics. Mm-hmm. But like making those trips down there is like, hey, Rick, teach me how to do a bouncing hint. How, how do you make that sound? And for him to, at the end of the night, say, all right, I'll give you, let's, let's, let's try this right here. And if you can't do this, we're not going to go any further. So getting that on the backside of that, like I can't pay, that's priceless. And I still use that same technique today. Um, so, I mean... I couldn't think of a better person to learn from than Rick Dunn. That's just my personal thought and preference. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, that's the cool thing about being where you're at is being able to learn from people like that. Like, I, there's nobody like that around, you know, Springfield. And, uh, you know, you have some guys in Kansas City that were really good. There's some guys in St. Louis that are really good. Um, and then, you, you know, you have all the Arkansas guys. Well, don't get me wrong. There's great call makers from all over the United <laughs> States. But... It helps if you're a lot closer to some of them than the others, you know? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, hell, just, uh, shoot, not yesterday, Saturday. 
Saturday, uh, Zach Perry, uh, landing gear lanyards, um, he stopped by to pick up his cut down. And he said, can I bring one of my calls with it? And I'm like, I'm like, hell yeah, bring that sucker. Let's, let's see what it'll do. And to not necessarily give him the answer, but like, here, try this, try this, try this, try this, the way I was taught, but point him in that right direction. That way there's still some trial and errors, but like, you know, I don't want to give it on a silver platter. And I hope it helps him. And I told him, man, I'm a phone call away. We're only a couple hours apart. I said, man, whatever I can do to help you, by all means, I, I can care less if I sell a call or anybody's interested in it. I do it because I love it. And it's just a blessing to me that somebody says, hey, I'd like to have one of those. Oh, okay, great, awesome. You know, but if I can give back, I just give back all the time. That was the kind of the founding thing of the Colonist Classic was how can I give back? And all these competitions are shut down. How can I give back just my little piece of thank you to everybody? I'm like, well, let's try to do this and, and do this and do this. And then look how big that turned out to be. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was super entertaining. And I was glad that they, you know, that you guys put that thing together because, like you said, there was just nothing. Everything was canceled, dude. I'm not. I don't even think NWTF is gonna happen next year. February? Uh, do you think it's gonna be open by February? Man, I think I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's sketchy, but it's possible. It just may not be the NWTF that we all know it. Um, but at the same time, I can see it being canceled in the next two days. Um, I think some of this stuff is canceled prematurely. Too much can happen too quick, but I, it wouldn't shock me at all. But at some point, everything's got to go back to normal, and so be it. So it was like, well, what are we going to do this year? And I was like, well, I mean, let's just do this. So, you know, we get Steve Carter on board <clears throat> and start doing some live feeds, just trying to, hey, would you be interested in this? What if we did it like this? What if we did it like this? And then it just took off, and I was like, holy son of a gun. So it was far bigger than anything I could have ever imagined. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm ready to go again. We'll do it next year. It would have been bigger. It would be more entertaining. And I was like, for me, that was the get everybody involved. Keep everybody's interest, but keep them entertained, excited about it, antsy about it. What are we doing? But thoroughness through the whole thing of like, here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing. Um, feedback was like number one on my list. Got to have the feedback of how your call ran having a relationship with Mingo and saying, hey, would you would you run all these calls if we did a contest and I'll make it worth your while? And he was like, sure, sure, I'm on board with it. So next thing you know, it was like, boom, cha-da-ching. And it went off without a hitch. I don't think I've had one negative comment about the whole thing, period. Yeah, it, it really ran smooth, and I liked the format, and I liked the way that you guys were building it up and hyping it up, man. It was, it was very entertaining. And, uh, you know, it was a really good experience. And it's kind of like, you know, you're in our, our little group message we had earlier. And the keeping people entertained part you brought up. Freaking Mig said earlier in that group message that he was excited. He's only doing it because he was excited to turn calls again. And I was like, dude, for years, me and him, you know, we talk all the freaking time. And for years, he's been talking about how much he's, you know, his distaste for getting in the shop because he's just doing the same stuff over and over and over. And I was like, well, yeah. dude, that was the whole point, is I want guys to be excited to go back out again. Oh, yeah, man. that's I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to take a hiatus myself for the month of September. But again, you know, getting married. I hadn't been married since 2010. Um, I made a really strong push to put a few more cut downs out there. People wanted them. But like September is real foot. 
or bust. Like all of my real foot trade calls, I'm going to knock out in that month. Um, but I'm fixing to go on a hiatus, but only because I want to, because there's no reason to, to be in here um, when I'm just married. And, and, and I've enjoyed that life this year. So it's the next step for me. So I'm going to take about a month's break. Got a few little things I want to tweak on and play with uh, in the meantime, but like just enjoy that brand new feeling that I haven't had in you know ten plus years. So you're already planning on that month break. So are you going to let your brother win? And you're no, 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 no. <laughs> First of all, my adopted my adopted twin brother. Uh-huh. Okay, he's and he's adopted by the way. Don't don't let him fool you. Uh, <laughs> No, like when I say like hiatus, like I'm not going to offer anything to the public. I'm just making some real foot uh, trade baits um, just to have a good time down there um, and just play around and tweak stuff. Uh, when I take my brother out of the first round, whatever lucky <laughs> sap goes into the second round, better start eating their Wheaties and saying their prayers. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going in with 100% confidence, and until I get beat, I, I mean, come on, with don't sing it, bring it, buddy. <laughs> Did you watch that selection live the first time? Dude, I, I was watching it live, and I was like, when he, when y'all saw my name, I was like, there's no way, there's no way. And when it said it, oh, my God, I let out this rebel, like, girly, mannish Sasquatch yell, and I was like, oh, oh! <laughs> and I started, like, right there, I was like, Woo! Doing my Ric Flair walk like it was already over before it even started, <laughs> and I told my brother, "Damn, where were we? we were coming back from somewhere?" And I told him, "Oh, we were coming back from. Uh, I think we were coming back from Josh Hinton's for the for the day." And I told him, "I said, dude, you know if we draw each other, no two people I feel can build this up as far as a one on one better than me and you because we're brothers." And we can take shit to a whole nother level. And uh, he was like, I'm only doing this because it's fun and, and stuff like that. I was like, dude, if we draw each other, like, oh, holy hell's breaking loose. And I texted him immediately. He was like, well, there goes the neighborhood. I'm like, damn, don't give up so easy, man. You, I mean, you got a fighting chance. You might win the lottery quicker than you'll beat me, but it's cool. <laughs> you know? I said, maybe if you do win, we can find your real mom and, and you know, going about that. And, you know, I was just joking with him about that. I've been kidding forever that he's adopted. <laughs> Dude, so. I uh, I was watching it, and I think I even said in the video, I was like, oh, let's see if he gets his brother. And I was like, you. it took me a second when I looked down from the number over to the sheet, and I was like, get the hell out of here, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I told him. I said, dude, I said, this, it's, it's going to be fun. And I told him, I said, dude, I said, Rival Gate, I said, like, there's no disrespect here. I said, but I'm fixing to beat your ass. You're going to retire and hang it up when I'm done with you. Yeah, but my, my carving and, and all this other stuff, I don't have to blow that good of a routine. I said, well, when I blow a 70 out of 70, I said, my finish ain't got to be that good to beat you. So, like, the smack talk started damn near immediately. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so yeah. and like when we're around each other like we, we we talk at each other so much but like would be right there for each other at a moment's notice but like if you were just generally hanging around us you wouldn't think we were brothers the way we talked to each other and it's just like <laughs> okay so I, I don't know that's that's the relationship i enjoy that i enjoy with him if it wasn't for him um and you know a little bit of support from uh my fiance like i don't even know that i'd be making calls again so, I mean, I owe, a lot, I owe more than what I could ever get back to him because he's the one that's like, man, you should 
you should make some calls, man. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And then it was like, all right, we'll we'll try this. Well, then it was like I turned everything on a shopsmith back in the day. So everything I knew was based on a two-piece, you know, mandrel, floating life center. And it was like, well, I've got to reteach my, what the hell is this tabletop? How does this work? I've never seen a collet chuck in my life. Um, like, how does this work? So I almost had to reteach myself how to make a call based on a tabletop lathe instead of a big shot smith. Yeah. Dude, that's freaking crazy. And how long of a hiatus did you take? So, man, like the barrel and the, the barrel and the inserts, which I seen Will Shelley post today, like, here's my first one. I never even cut my first home board on the first one I officially, I guess, made. Um, 2006. Um, was kind of that, like, I wanted to try to learn it. By the end of 2006, I'd got to where I was like, all right, I had a jig made, like, hey, here we go. Um, 2007, 8, 9, I blew the hell up. Now, when I say blew up for a small town guy, um, the few, uh, maybe four or five different small little mom and pop shops I had them around Wiener, I couldn't make enough calls. I would load my gun case up work on calls all week during the winter because I worked on the farm so we didn't have nothing to do load that gun case up and I would hit 9 10 maybe even upwards to 15 duck lodges every single night hustling saying hey try my call hey try my call hey see what you think about this and uh, 2010 uh, life kind of went sour got a divorce hung it up and said hey I'm not going to do this anymore I didn't even do that for several years um, just kind of kept a low profile. Who is Sean? Who do I need to be? Where did I go wrong? How can I be a better? How can I be a better person? Right. right. Twenty fourteen rolls around. Um, I broke out the shop Smith, made a few, but if you didn't know me, you didn't get one. I'm talking when I say made a few, maybe twenty calls, but then hung it right back up, and then. Uh, I guess it was late, sometime in 2017, I think it's when I, I purchased a cheap, crappy Shopsmith tabletop because I was like, man, if I don't want to get into this, I'm not investing big bucks out of the gate. Um, so, man, like, I guess 2006 to 2010, I made a few in 2014 and then resurfaced in 2017 to now, I guess. That's crazy. So, man, I feel like that's a... Uh... You know, so many, I relate to that story a lot, you know, because that's when I took my little year and a half, almost two year hiatus was, uh, you know, right when life was kind of going screwy like that divorce, all that good stuff too, man. It's, uh, there's something about it that the late nights, uh, being in the shop and freaking spinning and, you know, just out there with your thoughts and, uh, I don't know, it's therapeutic, man. Oh, yeah. I, man, to me, I, I'll be a perfect honest with you, dude, and I, I'm not even scared to tell anybody. I think one of the biggest reasons I stepped away so quick was I was scared to death because all I'd ever known was, I mean, I was married to my high school sweetheart. I was I had never been alone, basically, and now all of a sudden I am alone, and I was like, how am I going to make it on my own because I've always relied on somebody else to, you know, you always bank off somebody else, uh, especially if you're in a relationship or you're married or whatever, and... I was like, I can't fail because, like, there's nowhere to go but up from here. So it was like, I don't need to do anything extracurricular, nothing. Still talked and hung out with my friends, but it was like, find a job, make as much money as possible, get feet back up underneath me, and, like, find that that groove. And it wasn't even until I met Haley 
that I finally got that groove and was like, hey, I, this is this is where I want to be. Like, I'm, I'm really, 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 really happy. Um, and then Josh was like, man, we should make some calls. And right out of the gate, I was like, no, nah, man, I'm not, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I threw the idea out of her because I was doing a lot of call trades because I'm a, I'm a call collector. I wanted to try every call that I'd never tried before in my life. So it was like every duck call trade site, like trade, I was trading all the time. Didn't care if I went backwards on it, but I wanted to try this, this, and this. And she was like, well, if you want to do it, do it. I support you. And I'm like, man, there's no way I'm going to do it without your support because it's going to be time away from you to do it. But I can manage my time really, really good. And then, you know, now here I am with, man, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just where I want to be. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, no. That 100% makes sense, man. It's a uh, a liberating feeling, you know, when you get to that uh, that bottom and you're like, all right, everything here is, is built up. What the heck is there to be afraid of in life? You know, it's kind of like you get a clean slate, you know, to, yeah. to rebuild off of and you have that experience and knowledge now. So, man, that's good to hear. Yeah, and this, it was easy just to step away from the call making and just say, all right, here's what I need to focus on. Here's what I need to do. I want to be successful in life. What does Sean want to do? And, like, I stumbled into, like, where I work now, NICEPAC, just thinking, hey, they pay really good. Like, it can't be that hard to make a baby wipe. And, you know, here I am 10 years later, like, it's a career, and I, I, there's never been one day I've dreaded going to work, and I, I love it. So I feel like I don't – I think I've hit the bottom twice. I think I feel like in my life, but like since I met Haley, I've have, I've been nothing but on the way up. So um, I don't know. I'm grateful for that. I can't put can't put enough thanks for everything that's happened, even the good, the bad, and the ugly. But it put me here, and I'm a very happy person. Yeah, man, you're a, you're just a super positive guy, man. Like it's a it's that's why you're so entertaining and so fun to watch is because you do you have that sincereness to you that uh you know that positive attitude of you know controlling your own destiny man it it's something that i think more people want and sometimes don't have it in themselves yet or they haven't found it in themselves yeah sure um you know like uh, i remember getting asked by like someone i started getting back into call making i remember doing my first call trade and uh, they're like, "Would you run my call on call nuts?" And I'm like, "Sure, I don't care." So I ran the piss out of it and like, "Hey, like this is a pretty stellar call." And I've done I don't know how many of them I've done now. I could give two shits less about my calls. Like, here, you need guys need to check out these guys right here because this is what I think sounds really really good. And I haven't even got to try them all yet. You know what I mean? I, like I'm behind right now. I haven't even got to run my Eric Ostevic or my Joey D Amico. Um, I try to do justice for everybody. I'm not the greatest caller in the world, but like, hey, man, whatever platform to give everybody, here's how I sound on it. What do you think? Have like, you, I enjoy that. that. That pleases the crap out of me that I can give back in another way that may help anybody or anything. I think I was talking to Ben Shook the other day, and a guy got on my YouTube channel and was like, hey, I just bought one of his calls because I watched this video, and I'm like, Okie dokie, alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's it's just I don't know, man. It's just duck calls in general. I, I get excited about all of them. Um, so have you know. ever have, have you owned any Ostevics? Yes, 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 yes. Gotcha, gotcha. I was gonna say, dude, I've had so many different calls over the years, and my uh, my Ostevic has been about 
one and this is his first mention in like 10 podcasts so i'm sure he's happy about it but uh he uh dude that's the one that's hung out on the lanyard with one of my calls forever that thing just fits me like a freaking glove man i love it oh i can't even i don't have a dedicated um I, if there was one call that's been on my lanyard that's never left in the last say three years probably my alan graves hedge call louisiana style mm-hmm. because it's the only louisiana style call i have so it's always my i need to sound like a different duck and i go to it um and i, I hunt everybody's calls all year long um i bet you i blew everybody else's calls more than i did mine and just enjoy listening to how they sound out there because we can watch videos on calling us or anywhere else five thousand times but then when you take that call out in the woods it sounds totally different yeah yeah i agree so man. But, man, I swap them out, like, all the freaking time. So, like, whenever the boys come in to hunt this past January, I threw it out there. I was like, all right, hey, you got to hunt with everybody else's calls one morning, at least for an hour. You can't blow your crap. You have to blow everybody else's. That was fun because it was like, all right, hey, whose call is he blowing? And we're all, like, kind of, uh, I don't know. Whose is it? Like, we didn't know who was blowing who. That was crazy. (laughs) Dude, that's a really unique idea. The way that, uh... I like to do it is I'll always have like uh you know like trades and stuff like that and I'll try to hunt them at least once so that sure. way you know they're they're doing what they were built for and there's some guys you know that I I uh, don't hunt nearly as much just because you know I don't want to get them dinged up beat up because I'm a call maker man I I treat my own calls like dog crap because like I'll just go yeah. spin another one you know it's not a big deal but uh I was talking you know about the way I do it is I always try to turn myself one call a year and that's going to be my lanyard call and I line them up I'll take it off the lanyard at the end of the year and I'll line it up on the uh, the mantle so I can kind of see the progression through the years and it's like hey you know this was that season's call and stuff like that uh, I don't know it's just my own little thing that I like to do but I, uh, I like doing them out of hedge just because the longer they're on the lanyard, you know, that deeper yeah. color it gets. Yeah, if it wasn't for that stuff cracking so easy, like that, that, that to me, tone-wise, I, and I may be deaf, but I, hey, you can't beat hedge. I know Steve Carter hates it. I know Meredith loves it. I love it. I don't turn enough of it because I think a lot of people kind of have that whole, man, it sounds really good, but this shit cracks really easy. So everybody, everybody seems to stick with the normal black wood. You'll see some cocoa, some bacote, um, things like that for the right reasons. But, man, I'd turn a piece of hedge in a heart. But I got a hedge one sitting here on my bench for Meredith. Um, Tyler, Skutowski, or Tyler Krastowski's sitting here on the bench. Bart Suggs. Like, just a lot of trade calls. Yeah, man. I uh, I pulled a hedge call out of, out of the oil when I got home. <laughs> but, yeah, I just uh, – Man, I don't know. This it's just it's crazy the amount of people I've met, and it's like, well, what do you? What's your favorite? And they tell you, and you're like, okay, all right, well, that's different. Me, I'm an acrylic guy. I, I like wood. I love wood, but like, give me acrylic because I can beat the shit out of that thing, and it sounds the same ten years later. Um, I don't take care of my calls, all my, my personal calls. I just let them ding around and throw them around, do whatever. But they're all acrylic, and I don't have to worry about them. So, but I don't know. The uh, the hedge is probably my favorite wood, I guess. So, yeah. See, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I love the tone of hedge. I like Bacote. I think it's super freaking underrated. 
Um, oh yeah, heavily underrated. Yeah, dude. I f- and it just smells I'm, awesome when you turn it. You know, you're freaking. I've got a Pacote sitting in this drawer, so I thought I was gonna send it to Easton. Like it's one of those I hadn't even been able to let go. I don't think you could convince me to sell it for a thousand dollars. That's just how damn good it sounds. And I don't know why. Now that I have calipers, thank you. Um, <laughs> I've mocked it down to the T, and I can't tell you the difference. Where I would say this is what's different about it than any of my other calls, but it just sounds. 10 million times better and I'm like I almost don't even want to get rid of it I want to just leave it here forever oh so, yeah yeah that's, Cody's way underrated yeah, that's the good thing about it man is uh, being a call maker you can keep it there or you can give it you know to, yeah, a, yeah. to a kiddo or whatever <laughs> nobody would ever know about it <laughs> so but yeah man that's just uh, man Colnitz is just a uh, man I don't, I don't know that's just been my platform I don't really stay on any other of the platforms uh I've met too many good people there. Um, I went to Real Foot back in the 2000s, and I remember, I think it was Wes Townsend and uh, Ron Gould, um, a few other names. Don't hate me for not remembering. But it was a whole different style Real Foot. I remember setting up a booth and, and, and selling a few calls and doing a few trades and stuff. And then when I go back to Real Foot three years ago, what the hell are y'all doing down here? What is this? Dude, they're this out ain't of, real foot. This ain't the real foot I remember, but it was like ten times better. Yeah, so, those guys like, are out of control. Man. Like I couldn't. Man, I wouldn't have met uh, Mingo or Chris Persinger, Josh Hinton. I mean, those are, we have a group conversation uh, that we keep going. Uh, Landon Ulanoff. I wouldn't have met any of these cats. Hell, I think Landon's been in my house now twice. Uh, we went down to Worlds together, and then. Uh, yeah, it's been crazy the amount of people I've met. Can't can't put a price on that. It's probably the you know my favorite thing about call making man is just the the day in day out. I think I, <laughs> and there's some of the seven right there. Um, is just the day oh, yeah. in day out you just, text you, you messages. You just got a glimpse of it. <laughs> yeah, right. The uh, the text messages, the group freaking chats, the Snapchats, like phone calls it's just constant you know buddies from all over the place that yeah just through the freaking art of duck call you know duck calls that all these people that you meet and you become some of your best buddies man it's crazy oh yeah and i'll hit on it again back in the day you just didn't meet those people and if you did it was it was neat to meet them but like you just didn't go to somebody's shop um if you did you were purchasing a call you didn't go into the shop shop Right. So it's like now I'm like, man, it's like I've got to see two different eras of call making and it's like this is ten million times better. But I think that also gives you the whole how can I be better than this guy? Not to take anything away from anybody, but now I'm gonna push myself because I wanna be I wanna do it better, more stylistically, but still be simple. And you see everybody putting out these works of art, like I can't carve where the crap my brother makes me look like <laughs> I'm a two-year-old man, <laughs> but like I haven't even gone down that road of trying to do any of that fancy stuff. So it's like steadily seeing this stuff, and it's making me want to go back to the bench and go, "All right, now I need to do something totally radical, different. How do I get everybody's attention?" And I still haven't even figured that out yet. Man, I think that Callapalooza got everybody's freaking creative juices going so crazy, and it's exactly what we're talking about. Everybody getting together spending time around each other looking at how our people are doing stuff differently and it just it's inspiration and it uh it gets you motivated to want to get out of your comfort zone and try more things 
Oh, yeah, I remember going down to Colapalooza. Yeah, that's why Eulon Hop. He, he came back, and we went down to Colapalooza. And watching them cats in there build them calls, like, I, I'd give my left arm just to hang out with them for an hour in there, and I didn't even want to do nothing. Like, just to hear the conversation that you couldn't hear in there. Like, what are y'all really saying? Who's yelling at who? <laughs> um, but, no, it's still an opportunity to meet and greet people and stuff. And that's about the time that virus was kind of leaking in, because I was like, man, we're going to we're gonna run the crap out of some rich and tones. And it was like, nope, you can't even blow a call in the building. I didn't know that. I thought we just couldn't blow the calls in the case. So what did I do? I grabbed a call and started running the shit out of it. And John Stevens comes over and like, hey, man, we can't blow those in here. And I'm like, oh, okay. I thought it was just the rich and tone calls. My bad. My apologies. I'm sorry. You know, damn. <laughs> but, you know, it was all good. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. That was uh, the weekend. I was going to – we were going to New Orleans. It was a trip that we had planned for like five months. And – uh it, all that stuff came around and we we're like well i don't know if we should go or not or if we should cancel the trip and i'm like well if we cancel i'm gonna go down to arkansas anyway so we might as well go to new orleans oh yeah man that's we i don't know we stayed kind of homebodied i guess more um but only because there there was so much stuff we couldn't do for a while so there was a lot of like pj's drive through that was our that was all we were able to do getting out we couldn't do much there for a couple months anyway yeah. Like it got, it got crazy. It was a but weird... now, like here, it seems almost back to normal. I guess, kind of, sort of. Dude, Arkansas does you can't do. I was in Arkansas. I go to Bentonville like twice a week just for work and stuff like that. And Arkansas is uh, defiant, out of control. They they do not give a crap about it down there. Dude, I can take like right here in Brooklyn, where I live. I there's nobody enforcing nothing. Nobody, the cops don't even care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got pulled over the other day because my tail light was out. He didn't even, I mean, he didn't even have a mask on. He didn't care. <laughs> he didn't care to walk right up to my window. I don't, I, I know I don't care. <laughs> can't catch, I've always said can't catch what you already got. And that usually scares people off, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Right. Well, but, tell me, uh, tell me what's your plan to beat your brother. My plan to beat my brother is twofold. Um, number one is just to blow a duck call. That right there trumps him. Um, as far as design and build, anything I build is going to be superior to his, and he knows that. And that's why he's been calling me every night trying to get, you know, hey, man, what, can you help me tune this? Can you do this? I was like, man, I'll give you a fair. I'll help you try to beat me just so you, you know, don't look that bad. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say I have a plan. It's just blow the duck call and I win. That's as simple as that. That's that 70 I points, try, I don't man. even have to try. I think I could beat him with a squirrel call. <laughs> well, that'll I, I be. Think so- I, could. I think I think I could take a six and one whistle and beat him. <laughs> That's a uh, bulletin board material right there. Hey man, it's it, whatever I got to do to beat him. I'm gonna do it if I have to like kick him in the knee while he's blowing his call. And we talked about shooting a little short video of both of us in the call shop making our calls at the same time just because it, it's not going to matter. It's how we run them, and we finish calls totally different than each other. Um, but I thought it would be cool to shoot a short video of both of us in there making our calls to compete against each other with us side by side because I think it, it brings that well, – we're brothers. We love each other to death, and we would give each other our left testicle at a moment's notice. But, like, knowing that there's, like, I'm fixing to slap the shit out of you if you look at me again, but, like, we're doing this thing together. Like, it's – seems cool it's it's too perfect man it couldn't have worked out any better so i think that's the idea is that i was going to try to um 
either get Haley or maybe Sarah, his wife, and try to do just a short. You know, I ain't no professional video shooter. If you've seen my pictures or videos, I am not <laughs> professional. Don't have that edge. But I guarantee you, it'd be funny. Okay, you'll get a laugh out of it. Um, try to do something just to help promote this that you're doing. Um, just like I told uh, Seth, I asked a few questions because when that you know when his post came up with his, I just I didn't have enough clarity for myself. Um, and then supporting what you're doing, I I want to do a short video of me and him doing something together just to show that yes, this is fun. Yes, we're going to be a bitter rivals to the end, but like we can still be right beside each other. This is what we do. Right. It's it's about the entertainment, man. It's about uh, it's having fun, getting people interested. Oh yeah, when I slap the crap out of him on live video, and y'all get to see it, you're going to understand <laughs> he's adopted. And he ain't going to do a damn thing about it. You know what I mean? And Josh Lynn, I hope you're listening, and I hope you respond by shooting me a text. You're coming over, and we can we can box or throw rocks. And I've told him I'm a national uh, rock throwing champion, and I'm a golden gloves boxer. Pick your poison. <laughs> hey, you're coming after him. So, but no, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'll say that because I don't honestly I don't. I don't know that I will beat him. I think it's any man's day. He could spark the right interest of, uh, is it Corey that's judging the sound? Yes, sir. Or the routine itself? Yes, sir. You know, he may pique his interest right out of the gate, and I may not pique his interest with my style or approach. So it's any man's game. I, I'll give it that. That's truth and honesty. Well, I'm going to get Corey on here later on this week, and he's going to go through a like a live video and give some uh, breakdowns of what to uh what to shoot for and you know how to how to set up the routine nothing too crazy but you know give some guys some insight and uh if you guys are all watching you can jump on there and ask him some questions and stuff and we'll try to keep him on there as long as he's willing yeah sure no man anything to just help build and promote it because again i i don't want to say it was hard for you to get 32 people but like again i think with the meat style some people aren't going to oh i can't blow a call worth of crap I can't do this. Well, I can't either. But I'll tell you what, I'm in like Flynn, baby. Yeah, that's definitely was it, man. I had probably 30 call makers plus send me really cool idea, man. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be for me. But I think if we, if and I say we because I'm just on board with you at this point with what we're doing here. Whatever we can do to build the interest of it, like keep it going. And I got so many messages after that Connors Classic, like please do this again next year. Yep. Please do this again. And had more people reaching out saying, hey, I would love to contribute to what you guys are doing because NWTF is a great thing. CWA um, up in Northwest Arkansas is a great thing. Um, all the other contests, Easton and Southern Illinois and Real Foot, they're all great things. Um, but like they were like, there's just something about the Call Nuts one that piqued a lot of other people's interest and whatnot. So I was like, all right, well, I appreciate the interest. So, like, I've got everything saved of people that are going to – they want to be on board with it next year to make it even bigger. So uh, we need to take this contest and let it start small, build it up to even bigger, and then get people interested and say, hey, look, this guy sounded like crap. I think I can beat that guy. Well, now this guy's in on board with it, right? Yep, absolutely, man. I have all the respect in the world. I've said it a bunch of times to different guys. The guys who are entering – I have all the respect in the world for it because it's too easy not to. I mean, the uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, my brother-in-law and my fiance are walking up and handing me random crap while I'm talking to you because I think they saw something on TikTok that said anytime somebody talks 
or a man talks and they get handed something, they just grab it out of their hands. And I didn't realize it until I had grabbed a two-cycle thing of oil and a flathead screwdriver. Yes. 10.30 at night. Topic, but, yeah, they're laughing their little butts off. So I'm like, <laughs> I have to, like, stab them after this or something. <laughs> All right, but no, buddy. Man, this, I just, uh, you know, I wish this contest well, and I hope to keep it entertaining. I've been kind of quiet thus far. But I wanted to get to a certain point in my call build before I really started ramping up some smack talk. And I'm on smack talk. Uh, let's see, who made the eye comment earlier? Was that Stelsner? I think so. I got to meet that guy, and I would really love to. But until we meet, I like we're like mortal enemies now because he made an eye joke. And I'm like, man, like you, you hadn't even met me and you made an eye joke. Oh, my God. I'm like, all right, I see how this is going. <laughs> you know, that's my personality. And then uh, the people that have met me, you know, I make my own eye jokes. But it's like, it's, it's fixing to get ramped up and interesting, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good, man. Yeah, we're two weeks out, man, so it's only going to build from here. I hope so, and again, if there's anything else that I can do on the side, I want to promote this and make it bigger than what it already is. So hopefully by the end of this, you've got people going, hey, I want in, i got to get in. I agree, buddy. that would be success, right? Yes, sir. So, it's all good. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you, man, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely do it again and uh we'll get some live videos going and get this thing going. Alright man, what's well, been good talking to you? You too, buddy. Take care of yourself. Ah. Alright, right, buddy, take care. Alright guys, Sean Lynn. Hopefully you liked it, enjoyed it. We got brother versus brother in the competition, so I'm super excited. It could not have worked out any better. Um to have them two square up and go against each other. It's gonna be hilarious and uh, really entertaining. Hopefully you like this thing, share it, enjoy it, leave a review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Have a good one.